Rushduni Radio presents Systematic Theology in Two Volumes by Rusus John Rushduni, narrated by Nathan F. Conkey, produced with permission by the Chalcedon Foundation. 19. The Great High Priest Peter speaks of Christians as, quote, a royal priesthood, end quote, 1 Peter 2.9, and John declares that Jesus Christ, quote, hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, end quote, Revelation 1.6, compare 5.10. This doctrine, however, is not new to Scripture with the Apostles. Every covenant man, as he bought his sacrifices, functioned as a priest. In fact, one of the central commandments given with the Ten Commandments and spoken to all of Israel was this, quote, Neither shalt thou go up by steps unto mine altar, that thy nakedness be not discovered thereon. End quote. Exodus 20.26 20, as Rylarsdam noted of this verse, quote, The provision presupposed that the official was the head of a household wearing a short skirt. End quote. Exodus 28.42 requires breaches of all priests as they officiate. According to Josephus, Antiquities of the Jews 3, 7, 2, and Rabbinic Data, a cassock was worn over the breeches, completely covering the body down to the feet. There are references to the required clothing in Exodus 28, 1-29, 29, 29-30, 39, 1-31, and Leviticus 8, 7-12. Clearly, every covenant man was called to be a priest and to be mindful of a certain meaning in the garb thereof. Every covenant breaker was a renegade priest. This is still the case. The clothing has an important meaning one which the church retained rather extensively. Before we examine the meaning of the clothing, let us consider further this universal priesthood. The liturgical priests were priests by birth, born priests. All who were priests in the liturgical sense were the blood of Aaron, Exodus 28, 1, 30, 30, Numbers 3, 2 and 3, 10. All the unblemished, Leviticus 21, 17-23, sons of Aaron were priests by birth and all covenant and non-covenant men are priests by birth. The true priest, however, is a true priest by grace. Thus, an inescapable priesthood is laid upon all men by birth. They can only discharge that calling by grace. The ungodly are false and blasphemous priests and accursed men. Back to the garb. The priest is man's representative before God. He dedicates himself, his household and his people to Almighty God. As a priest, he is also a substitute for God's great high priest, so that his priesthood is doubly representative. He represents his people to God and he represents, as a stand-in and member, God's great high priest. In his priesthood, his own person is thus almost invisible and is reduced to a minimal appearance. He represents more than himself. The church recognised this fact and placed the clergy into cassocks, clerical gowns and the like. The judge, because he had to represent God's law, was also garbed to cover his own person. In recent years, many Protestants, because of anti-Roman Catholic sentiment, have extensively abandoned clerical clothing. It has been replaced with a tacit requirement of conservative dress and a position behind the pulpit and the Bible. 
to emphasize the fact that it is the Bible which alone must speak and be heard. Moreover, many or most pastors in this tradition tended to avoid all personal references. I recall in the mid-1930s hearing an aged pastor preach. An elderly Russian nobleman, born in about 1850, he had known many of the great men of his day, and I was delighted at our table talk in my father's home and pressed him for details. Because of his conversion, he had been sent to Siberia. All this came out only because I was reading Tolstoy, and I questioned him about Tolstoy, whom he had known, and others. None of this appeared in his preaching. He cited as illustration one incident of which he was not the centre, and prefaced it with these words, quote, If you will pardon this personal reference, end quote. Other men held that only an older and judicious man could use personal illustrations and references. The person is to be covered, the office is to appear, and the word of that calling. It is significant that the great high priest, Jesus Christ, does not in his teachings indulge in personal references and reminiscences. He who, being very God, could alone declare, quote, I say unto you, end quote, Use that pronouncement to set forth God's word, not himself. From the words of our Lord, we know little about his personal history, much about the will of the Father. One of the duties of a priest was to encourage the people in terms of God's covenant word, Deuteronomy 20, 2-4, and to be a judge in terms of that word, Deuteronomy 21, 5, 17-13. Every covenant man as priest needs to encourage his charge in the Lord and to judge all things in terms of God's law word. Jesus Christ so encourages his people, John 14, 27, etc. And he is the great judge of all things. He is, of course, the great high priest. Hebrews 3, 1, 4, 14, 5, 5, 6, 20, 7, 26, 8, 1. As the great high priest, his work is unique. He, as both priest and sacrifice, offered up himself as the sacrifice of atonement for the sins of his people. He is also, with the Holy Spirit, our advocate and intercessor with the Father. 1 John 2.1, John 14.16, compare Zechariah 3.1, Hebrews 7.25, Revelation 12.10, John 16.8, 14.26, Romans 8.23, Hebrews 9.24. The ministry of intercession is closely related to the atonement. Burkhoff, citing Hebrews 9.24, wrote, quote, Just as the high priest on the great day of atonement entered the Holy of Holies with the completed sacrifice to present it to God, so Christ entered the heavenly holy place with his completed, perfect and all-sufficient sacrifice and offered it to the Father. And just as the high priest on entering the holy place came into the presence of God, symbolically bearing the tribes of Israel on his breast, so Christ appeared before God as the representative of his people, and thus reinstated humanity in the presence of God. End quote. In all the Bible, intercession is spoken of as the privilege and duty of covenant man. Genesis 27, Jeremiah 29.7, 2 Corinthians 9.14, Ephesians 6.18, 1 Timothy 2 1, Hebrews 13 18 21, James 5 14 16, 1 John 5 16. Christ, 
is the great intercessor, but we are all intercessors in him. The point of all this is that Jesus Christ, as the great high priest, came to fulfil what man was called to be, priest, prophet and king, under and to God in his glory. Christ's life, person, atonement and intercession are God-centred, as indeed we must be. In our priesthood we represent not merely our own, but God's people, his covenant and kingdom. The true priest is a covered person, and Jesus Christ is our atonement and covering. As priests, not only are our sins covered, but ourselves. We put on Christ and become a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 The priest functions for Christ and for Christ's glory, not his own. As we have seen, the church very early continued the use of clerical garb to symbolise this covering of man's nakedness by Christ's atonement. Protestantism added another dimension to this. The pastor was to stand behind the open Bible to present to men not himself and his word, but the binding law word of God. At no point does he meet the world on his own or in terms of his own word, but always in terms of God's covering, Jesus Christ and his royal word. Jesus Christ is very man of very man. Hebrews is emphatic that he knew our infirmities, was, quote, in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin, end quote, Hebrews 4.15, compare 5, 8 and 9, yet we are never, quote, treated, end quote, by Christ to an exciting tale, how I met temptations and triumphed, or my struggle with Satan and the like. Rather, he said simply that he had come, quote, to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work, end quote, John 4.34. This is the calling of every priest. Hello, this is Nathan, the narrator. Find my past and present projects and more at nathanteacher.com.